When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jimmy and the shotgun on third down. They blitz. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Are you aware prior to a game when you might come off the field for Trey Lance? It's a play action. Lance will throw wide open. Sort of. You kind of know what the situation is. If he calls Trey in there, he calls Trey in there. It is what it is. The Rich Eisen Show. Can't think about it too much, I'd say. Today's guests. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Oklahoma quarterback DJ Graham. 76ers head coach Doug Rivers. Plus, from All Elite Wrestling, Cody and Brandy Rhodes. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hey everybody, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Right in the middle of weeks two and three of the National Football League season. Right in the middle of the final two weeks of the regular season of Major League Baseball. Right in the middle of a basketball maelstrom. Coming from the Philadelphia 76ers, and we're going to be right in the middle of it, right in the middle of this week, in the middle of this show. I'm Rich Eisen, (laughs) and I approve this guest list. That includes Doc Rivers, who's on this program to talk about his new podcast and everything that the Woj Bomb set off yesterday. Um, and he's already been on first take, so I guess this is his second take. Do we call this a second take? Second take. Second. Yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, it's one of those things where, like, I haven't seen Doc as anywhere else. This is going to be great. Oh, man, with Stephen A. Like, that's that's one of those moments when you sit down and you do a show. <laughs> but we have our own unique method of interviewing, and uh, and I, I don't know what he said on first take, to be honest with you, um, other than the fact that uh, he's now trending. <laughs> He's trending. So, yeah, that's because you sent out the Rich Eisen Show show lineup at yeah, Rich Eisen out. Show. That's yeah. what I assumed. It's out. Well, that, yeah, just, just, you know, He's our guest out. list trends. Um, at any rate, <laughs> thank you for being uh, with us today on Peacock or Sirius XM Channel 211, NBC Sports Audio. We follow the Dan Patrick Show on either of those platforms, uh, both of those platforms, every single day. On Odyssey, you can stream us coast to coast. Listening to us, you can stream us everywhere with Peacock to see us. And then, of course, our YouTube stream, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, for anything that you may have missed. We're closing in on 300,000 subscribers there, thanks in part to the large and getting larger Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network, curated by our friends at Westwood One Coast to Coast. So we say welcome to this Wednesday show. Same to you, Chris Brock. Hey, Rich, good to see you, man. Good to see you. And uh, TJ Jefferson, um, this this show has you as a running theme through it, not only because you sit here and you're with us every (laughs) single day, three hours strong, but uh, you helped, you briefed me on the Brandy Cody Rhodes conversation. So I was completely up to speed on wrestling on the AEW world. That's what I'm here for. They're going to be joining in hour number three, the delightful couple um, that is behind uh, the business decisions that are being made 
for the AEW, and of course, also face front. Huge, huge uh, card for AEW tonight from Arthur Ashe Stadium. That is correct York, from yes. Arthur Ashe Stadium, which would be Whoa, that's cool. I know, isn't that pretty cool? That's neat. Yeah, I know. So I don't know if they're going to bash someone with a tennis racket or something <laughs> like that. That'd be pretty cool. Well, Jim Cornette has no involvement Jim with Cornette. AEW, yeah, so there, there'll be no tennis rackets. Racket abuse. Someone's going to get called for racket abuse tonight. <laughs> no. So prior to all that, um, the uh, Rhodes family will join us, and then right in the middle of our program, man. What do you want to know from Doc Rivers? What do you want to know from him? Man, I tell As you. As a Philadelphia 76 fan, what do you want to know from the head coach as Adrian Wojnarowski reporting? And you're, I'm being told that he did on first take confirm that Ben Simmons did in fact tell him, uh, I, I, I no longer wish to be here. What? Um, so what do you got? Well, you know, emotions run high in sports and sports fandom. So obviously when the playoffs happened, the layup that didn't happen caused all the fans to kind of revolt. And turn their well, backs. Well, you're one of them. I was I was pretty upset after because I was a staunch defender of him for years. Um, but now I, I, you know, months have gone on. I've calmed down a little bit more, kind of seeing the big picture, and I also realized that you're not going to get the value that I want to get personally for Ben. So I'm assuming that even though he made this declaration that he wants to leave, I just I'm kind of resigned to the fact now he's going to stay. So I'd like to know how Doc feels. Does he feel? That he can make that work. Bridget. Yeah, bridge that guy. So, uh, you can't, like I said yesterday, you can't blame him for wanting out. You can't blame him. But again. And I know it's just, but again, but again, but again. I thought he's about the this one, all night, believe he's it or the not. One, he's the one who brought much of this on him with his play, right? Or whatever he is or is not doing to get better, right? Right. Seemingly, yes. He is the one whose lack of confidence caused him in a microcosm of all of his problems in Philadelphia to pass a ball rather than dunk it. That that it his his lack of shooting or successful shooting devolved into don't want to shoot. Don't want to shoot. Mm-hmm. And that boiled down to one moment underneath the basket in a game seven in Philadelphia where instead of dunking it, he handed it to somebody else. Because he didn't want to go to the line, potentially. He has problems shooting free throws, too. So all sorts of problems that I think makes him uh, no longer a viable athlete in Philadelphia. If he's sensing all of that, too, and he strikes me as a a smart dude, why wouldn't he say, "I, I want out of here? Certainly if, and we'll ask Doc this for sure later on, Doc's comments after Game 7 where he said uh, the words when he was asked, can he be a championship team member? Can he be a point guard on a championship Still, yeah, team? Yeah, championship point guard. And I want to make sure I get this comment right. I wrote it down. I can't find a part in my book anymore. Oh, there it is here. I got it. Uh, I don't know how to answer that right now, is the quote that's all over the place. And apparently that is something that made Simmons irate. That he has been stewing on all non-playing season, and he's now the playing season here. He's not. He there's there's no way to bridge it. I That's just, what he's saying. Now we just saw an entire off season of I'm not playing. I'm a complicated fella, really, like that sort of stuff in Green Bay. And guess who just won the home opener for the Packers with a uh, four touchdown night. Yeah, a little bit different there, but the well, same. I, I mean, it's same in the fact that you know. 
an unhappy superstar. An unhappy with with a, with what management may or may not be doing. The difference is is that the fan base is all where it was apparently split, according to Mark Murphy, the president of the Green Bay Packers, based on the feedback they were getting on the Rodgers situation. The phrase that we can use in the NFL to just or the sports media just lump in so many different things into the same bucket to just have a a, a button to to talk about a large group of subject matters. But, you know, Rogers' situation didn't have the entirety of Green Bay against him. Do you know any Sixers fans who are like, you know what, we should keep Simmons? Do they exist? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're definitely like, out there. They must be. I mean, there's you know? always this small percentage. you got to remember, social media is the, the vocal ah. minority. Remember that? So that's no, the, it's a vocal minority. So... You know, most, most I don't know, but the same people the, don't go on there and just the, start. Well, the majority <laughs> of fans in Philadelphia in the building were quite vocal that day. Yeah, well, I mean, it was the heat of the moment, Rich. I know, <laughs> and and now it's just time to see if they can play. And and him saying I'm not coming, and I'm pissed at the coach, and the coach and us are not gonna see eye to eye ever again. Only is gonna serve to handcuff the team that he wants to trade him. That's the big thing. So if he really does want out, he should show up and answer the questions yeah. once. Be done with it. He's a big boy. He's got skin, very thick. He'll handle the questions and then be done with it. You know how you win the fans back, though, Rich? If we don't make show it, up and start playing, show well. up and just ball. You winning solves everything. Doc Rivers so. later on in this program. Uh, Ian Rappaport's going to be joining us up first, though. Twelve minutes from now, my NFL media group compadre. Uh, two stories that broke just before we came on the air. First things first of the most recent. Antonio Brown has been placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. Uh, as we know, the Buccaneers are 100% vaccinated. So that just means Antonio has to have two straight days of zero symptoms and negative tests come back and he'll be able to play Sunday against the Rams. If not, he'll be out. But because he is vaccinated, he has a shot to play. Remember we had Dr. Alan Sills, the chief yep. medical officer of the NFL, say, hey, if somebody's either a close contact or placed on the reserve COVID list for any reason um, and they're vaccinated, they have the opportunity to play on that Sunday because all they have to do is just present zero symptoms for two straight days and two straight negative tests, and you're in. If you're unvaccinated, you're out all automatically. So that's no story number one to keep an eye on that. And then Brian Flores, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, says Tua's got fractured ribs. Oh, boy. And will not play this week. It'll be Jacoby Brissett against the Raiders. And Jacoby Brissett had the bang thing placed upon him by the Bills defense in that 35-0 wipeout W that put the Bills back on the straight and narrow. Packers got back on the straight and narrow. Bills got back on the straight and narrow. So, Browns got back on the on the narrow. I don't know how straight that was, <laughs> crooked. But they got they got back on it. Ravens did get back on the straight and narrow. It was very crooked, and then it was very narrow. Very, it was very very narrow, and then it got very broad. Big that. way. Okay. So, um, and that's what I want to kind of say right off the top, football wise. Just my general sense is we're turning the page to week three right now. We all know about those 2-0 teams. We'll have conversations over the next couple days about 2-0 teams you believe in, 0-2 teams that you think have still have a shot. 
That was yesterday's poll. Well, we we did half of one of those yesterday, right? We the, did the, the O and two. Two teams just still have a shot. Yeah. So uh, what I'd like to do, because I I try to look at things differently. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that <laughs> chuckle over there. I but I do. I try to think look things differently. I've got four one and one teams that are on the edge. I don't want to say in a brink. On a brink is very dramatic. On the edge yeah, is is dramatic. is like you could go either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edge yeah. is either way. I mean, you're teetering. Right. Brink. Oh, is... teetering. That might be a tough word too. You're on the edge. You're on the edge because yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you 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 could use the win now. If you don't, it's okay. Right. But you could really use the win now. Two and one, much better than one and two. Certainly, if the next couple of steps are big old Lulus as well, to use the Looney Tune phrase. And on top of it all, I don't want to be so dramatic. But I would like some music. I'm not judging. Right. I would like some music. Here we go. Uh, first up, let's start with the Steelers. Because Big Ben says he's what he said. He's going to do all he can. Yeah, everything that he can. Everything that he can. It's, you know, that, that, that phrase about I'm going to do everything I can to get back is very similar <laughs> to, you know, hey, Lamar, you want to go for it? Right. Yeah. Part of me does, coach. In the same way as <laughs> yeah, Big Ben. Fun. Like, you know what? I'm only going to do... Eight out of nine things to get back. Like, if there's nine things to get back, I'll do only eight of them. <laughs> right. Of course, he's going to do everything. But the problem is, if he's doing everything to get back already the first two weeks, it didn't look so darn pretty at all. And now you're going to throw Mason Rudolph in this mix, potentially. And he's had... T- How many times has this guy had chances to show, like, he's the, he's the next? How many times did he show that he's the next and Ben... Your 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 time here is past. Devin Bush hurt. TJ Watt hurt. To it out. Alu Alu out. Joe Hayden hurt. On the edge. Home versus Cincinnati at Green Bay, and then two home dates. Denver, which is now your higher register home date. Hey, the Broncos are in town. <laughs> and then home for Seattle, which you know is always a slugfest. Always a slugfest. Certainly, if that's Bobby Wagner in the middle of their defense. Steelers on the edge at 101. Next up, you got the Dolphins. I mean, Tua's got fractured ribs, right? They're coming off a 35-0 beatdown. Brissett is now going to take the Dolphins into Vegas, where the Raiders are another one of those high. Hey, they're 2-0. Look out. Then they're, the only thing that they have is a little bit in their favor is the schedule because Indianapolis is next for them at home. And who knows, could that be Jacob Eason's um, second start right there? They're at Tampa. Look out below on that front. Then they go to London for Jacksonville and home for Atlanta. So the schedule isn't so nasty, but coming up with a win here, two and one. Hey, we got no Tua, but Brissett's the guy for the moment. They're on the edge. Number three, Chicago Bears. Enough said, right? <laughs> Honestly, enough said. Every move being made right now as to whether it's Fields or not, it's Dalton, it's Fields. It's Dalton if he's healthy. If he's not healthy, it's Fields. But if Dalton becomes healthy again, does it matter what Fields is going to do? All those questions. The offense, what does it look like? The scheme. David Montgomery didn't have 100 yards this past week. But the defense came up with three consecutive interceptions of Joe Burrow to save the day when Dalton did go down. Bears take on Cleveland this week, home for Detroit at Vegas, and then the first of their two against Green Bay before a trip to Tampa, home for San Francisco, a trip to 
Pittsburgh and then a bye week. You bet they're on the edge. You bet they're on the edge. And I'm telling you, get Justin Fields some run. You don't want him making his first starts against those teams in October. Get him his lumps now. Up to speed because he's going to have to get in there. Your fourth team on the edge? I'll say it, man, because they're in the deepest end of the pool and they're the only team that has not uh, emerged unscathed through the first two weeks of this season. The Seahawks are on the edge, man. Oh, wow, yeah. You want you can't get too far behind in your division right now. Arizona's got a winnable game against Jacksonville. Obviously, the Rams and the 49ers have some tough home dates against the Bucks and the Packers, respectively. I mean, the other two teams that you're looking at other than Arizona are taking on the NFC Championship game participants from last year, but you cannot afford to drop to 1-2, and two. and Minnesota is who they're visiting this week. Minnesota's 0-2. They're going to be very hungry. Seahawks, after that, at San Francisco, home for the Rams on a short week. They've got Thursday night football to kick off week five. How about that one? And then they're at Pittsburgh before a home date with New Orleans and then a home date with Jacksonville. So things can potentially get a little lighter before they're by. Those are your four one-and-one teams on the edge going into week three. And on the edge is, you know, need a win, teetering either way. Let's not be so dramatic. But those are my four-and-one four one-and-one teams I'm throwing out there. Actually. I like that. You can throw another one out there, too, just a little bit. New England. Here's a bonus one. You got Okay. Do we need one more? They should be two and up. Do you need one more? One more. (laughs) All right, we'll get one more. Yeah, you're on the edge. (laughs) New Orleans is coming in, and you you know New Orleans can do to a rookie quarterback what Pittsburgh Patriots just did to the Jets version, and then you know who's coming in next the the next week. Oh yeah, I mean, but don't you feel like Jameis could also have four picks this weekend? Oh, he could, but that's what I'm saying. You know, you, you 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 you'd like to be two and one. With Brady coming in, rather than one and two. Yeah, giving that game away week one really uh, hurts. Oh, boy. Yeah. They're already gearing up in New England for that one. I know some friends of mine over there. Wow, I mean, did you hear Tom it- Sr. on the radio yesterday in no. Boston? what do you do? I mean, this guy. Like, <laughs> we need to stop. People we need to stop hearing from publicly. I mean, the list is long oh, and distinguished. But won't say that Tom, about Tom Sr. needs to stop going on the radio and shooting his mouth What's off. he saying? Oh, the bad blood and bill was kicking him out and tom's extra special fired up for this one like this is great okay old man we're done don't we, we don't say need that we don't need to hear from you anymore wow man. What's like, come on problem? wow <laughs> who cares what someone's an athlete's father has to for say? 20 years you cared and well, now actually i did not all right, let's take a break. Ian Rappaport, when we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Everything going on with uh, the NFL injury list and so much more. Ian Rappaport next on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Okay, I've got more stuff than opening up oh, boxes yes. from uh, from years ago. Yeah, There's we're going back so to the future. Much in the back. Yeah. Again, we we moved offices, NFL Network old offices to the new spot and they had like boxes of my stuff stored for like 10 years. <laughs> and they just sent the boxes here. So uh, honestly, I just opened this up before and I saw oh, what's in here. Yeah. Oh my god. Here we go. All right. Oh my gosh. We'll place this one aside. For a second. What do we got? A uh, photograph of me with Billy Joel Ooh. interviewing him at the uh, the Super Bowl. Um, is that, when, is that when he gave out how long the yeah when he this is right after the be. press conference <laughs> yeah. where NFL specifically said when you're doing the press conference about singing the national anthem, <laughs> please do not talk about how long it is. People bet on it, and the first thing he said was, "I, I think you know, I just it's great to be here. I love doing this again. It's an honor." Just been practicing. I think it'll be about two minutes and ten seconds, two minutes, five seconds, right around there. That's how he started. And then and then I sat down with him. Sing us a song. Uh, here is the uh, the placeholder of my uh, time when I visited Emmett Smith with Dancing with the Stars. And that was when you wore jeans, right? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Tell that story. Uh, all right. Uh, here's a photograph of me and Stuart Scott in 70s oh, gear for the 70s Sports Center. Nice. On the back end, me interviewing... Oh my God! At the at the oh wow! At the um, the 1997, I think 98 All Star Game, my first one I covered at the uh, Home Run Derby. That's me with Jim Tomey right oh, there. Jim Tomey. That's hey, Patrick man. Courtney, who is the right hand man of the commissioner right now. Wow. Manfred, look at Pat. Look at you, Pat. All right, now here's a good one. Uh oh. Remember, I told this story all the time about how when I. When I left ESPN and I started NFL Network, remember that Susie was covering the Lakers and all that, and so she got us into the NBA um, All-Star festivities that was going on in 2004. NFL Network started in 03. I left at ESPN in May of 03. NFL Network starts November. Following February here in Los Angeles, we're going around these parties, and somebody says to me, hey, I, I see you every day. And I'm like, wow, you see NFL Network? You get NFL Network? We're only in like 11 million homes. The guy's, no, I'm talking about Sports Center. I'm like... <laughs> I haven't been on there since last May. And he goes, are you all right? That was the reaction I kept getting. So then, you know, launch is successful. 2004 is incredible. 
I get nominated for an Emmy Award, as, and I'm feeling great about myself. And then I get in the mail from something called the 2005 Cable Facts Award. Ah. 2005 Best Comeback. Wow. <laughs> 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 they gave out a certificate. Best Comeback. I still have it. Like Mike. Okay. 16 years yeah, later, sell, still basking in the glow. Still Thanks. coming back. Cable Facts <laughs> Magazine, the Faxi Award for what? Best Comeback. Thanks. <laughs> Didn't need it. Wow. We're back. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show on Peacock, NBC Sports on Peacock. Our radio audience uh, is now back with us, and so is my colleague from the NFL Network and the NFL Media Group. He also uh, provided some uh, high... Uh, some terrific insight on what's going on in the NFL when he was my guest for this past Monday Night Football's halftime show on Westwood One. He is my buddy, Ian Rappaport. What's up, Rap Sheet? What's going on? What's going on, Rich? You kind of, uh, you, you kind of made me think of something that happens to me all the time. Which is what? Um, which is, hey, man, just want to say, you know, you do a great job. I love watching you on ESPN. They think you're Schefter? Like, ah, you're so close. They think, Man, everything was right until the last four letters. And I know what they mean, and it's all the same to many people, but I'm like, come on, man. Do they think you're you Schefter? Is that, what the, is that what that means? No, I'm, and I'm, 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 I'm being serious because uh, the number no. of times I would get, you know, Bob Lee, I still get, you know, hey, man, I, you know, you were great, and I'd get Kenny Maine, and I'm like, I look nothing like <laughs> Kenny Maine. What, what are you talking about? I get that all the time. Um, I would say once out of every probably – 20 times I'll get like Schefter and I'll be like close same church or same you know same synagogue same synagogue, temple, wrong, uh, same synagogue right, right 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 wrong um, Torah it's right same synagogue right my problem is there's no way to correct it without kind of sounding like a jerk yeah, I know. like there's no way to be like oh, <laughs> I'm the other guy who you see on TV. like it's just yeah an NFL really network isn't e- right an NFL network isn't ESPN you know but it's it's good to be, hey, you're that guy. I get that all the time. Right. You're that guy, that guy. Uh, now you're our guy right now, um, Ian. So um, how long is Tua going to be out, do you think, with his rib injury? Um, so he's definitely out this week. And this was an interesting one because on Sunday night and Monday, everyone was pretty sure it was bruised ribs, except he was in so much pain that I think they just didn't feel something was, you know, felt something wasn't right. So they did more tests and MRI, I believe a CT scan too. Mm. And that's where you discover, you know, like tiny fractures. So, so multiple rib fractures, uh, you know, out anywhere from probably one week to three weeks. So like the actual true week to week. So definitely out this week. Could be out again the following week. And then, you know, we'll see. Um, and obviously, you know, it's like anytime there's a Texans uh you know, quarterback question, it brings up Deshaun Watson. Obviously, the Dolphins were one of the rumored teams as well. Right. Um, and then, you know, two is, uh, you know, I wouldn't say on the firmest ground. I don't think anyone is 100% convinced, 1,000% that he's a franchise quarterback. So then Brissett comes in for a game or two. It's just, it brings up a lot of questions. I would say more questions than answers. Well, that, that, that focuses things on a trade deadline, don't you think? I mean, uh, uh, especially since this week, uh, proved that there is no scenario uh, in, in which the Texans right. are going to start Deshaun Watson this year or ask him or put him in a position to tell his teammates, I am not going to come to the rescue for you guys, right? I mean, this week proved it. I mean, they just uh, half an hour ago added Jeff Driscoll to the active roster. Yeah. 
So what more do you need right. to know on a short week? Oh, 100%. And I was even surprised that people thought there was a chance that Watson could play because, you know, for two reasons, Rich. One, he has been pretty clear that he is not going to play for the Texans. Two, I know this sounds weird, but it actually makes sense for them, for him not to play, not risk injury, and, you know, trade him either when there's more certainty as far as, you know, what the team is like you're trading him to or at the end of the year when you know what kind of draft pick you're getting because it's – Two bad scenarios happen if you trade him, you know, right now or you play him. One, he could get hurt. That ruins your trade value and also makes him hurt. Two, you know, you'd hate to trade him somewhere. Then that team all of a sudden becomes really good. Yes. And then you trade it for, like, the 27th overall pick. You know, like, that doesn't help a lot. Right. Ian Rappaport here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Roethlisberger, how hurt is he? And has he been hurt? Because the offense just looks so dreadful in Pittsburgh right now. I mean, it looked better in the couple of series that Ben had in the preseason against ones. I mean, it's, yeah. it's looked completely awful is really the only way to put it. They haven't even gotten Najee Harris um, uh, more than 30 carries so far in two games that were not even out of hand. So walk me through the Steelers, Ben, current, future, the whole thing right now. Well, it does it doesn't seem like there's a place where somebody said, "Okay, he got injured here on Sunday." And so if that's the case, then maybe it is like was this a nagging injury that we didn't know about? Was this kind of just something that was annoying but he didn't say anything? Like it brings up all of those things and then, you know, like you've done this long enough, usually when something seems off, it usually is off for a reason. Like if it looks like things aren't right in Pittsburgh, like a lot of times that means an injury we don't know about. So, you know, it is possible. Um, I think he's probably going to end up playing only because Ben always, literally always plays. Mm. Um, But every one of these little things, you know, kind of brings him down just a little bit. I mean, he is a gamer, and we've seen this. You know, I mean, we will laugh on game day morning watching him warm up just limping around and go out and throw 45 times. But it is a little bit concerning. Also, he's 38 or something. So each of these little things is not so little. Right, and he's just right around, yeah, 30, 39, right, pushing 40. And, you know, Hayden, Bush, Watt, Alu-Alu out for a while now. I mean, the defense was, at least you could, the defense would got him through uh, Buffalo. So what can you tell me about Watt's readiness, since obviously he's the defensive player of the year candidate amongst the many bold-faced names I just said. And has looked awesome so far. I mean, just awesome. Um, so his injury was described to me as pretty minor. So I'm not definitely saying he's playing this week. I mean, it's a groin injury, so usually you miss some time. But it sounds like if he misses time, it's going to be minimal, like maybe one game or something like that, you know, which, was, which is good news because he was in street clothes pretty quick on Sunday. So usually when that's the case, I was like, oh, boy, that's not good. But it seems like this is more minor than anything. But you're right, I mean, they are going to have to rely on a lot of young people very, very early. And, like, it's they have one of the best infrastructures of any team, so I think they're going to be fine and at least withstand until reinforcements come back. Uh, but it is a little bit of a precarious situation, I would say that. Well, depth is being tested all across the league right now, certainly at the quarterback position. Any chatter about Cam Newton at all? Or all teams are like, no, we're going to go through our depth chart. We're going to rely on our depth. That was the plan coming in. That's the plan now. And then that phone, Cam's phone would ring when that those plans, somebody's plans 
uh, to rely on their depth, they're going to get upset. That's for sure. So where's Cam in all of this? Best you can tell. You no, know, I, I I haven't heard him mention at all. Wow. Um, which, you know, we we don't have a situation where I mean we have one quarterback that's out for the season, but I think we've seen Taylor Heineke could actually be really good. So, you know, I at least I I think I understand and people understand why Cam Newton wasn't the choice there because Heineke looks like honestly as good as Fitzpatrick or maybe even better at least at first blush. Um, we don't have a situation where you know, Cam would come over, come in and take over because all the guys who are out, even Tua, it's more one or two games, if that. Um, but again, like I haven't heard any, I haven't heard him mention him at all. And even, you know, each time the Patriots signed him, I don't even think they were competing with anybody else. So unless I'm missing it, which is possible, I haven't heard any Cam Newton chatter at all. Really? Well, let me give you one name that uh, might might not be uh, talked about very much either because he's he's out and now he's on the COVID list. Any word on Michael Thomas on when he might return for the Saints? Because they yeah. it looked like week one, hey, we don't need him. Week two, boy, do we miss him. You know, so you could yeah. always use can't guard Mike. Any any word on 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 his availability sometime soon? Yeah, and that was a that was a really rough example of you know. Dr. Jekyll, James, and Mr. Whatever, you know right. what I mean? Yes. Um, uh, whatever that is. That was, I mean, that, that's the nightmare scenario for the Saints. Is that week in and week out, you don't know what James you're going to get. Um, but I would say for Michael Thomas, I believe that he's got a good shot to be out there week seven. And I think if I remember correctly, they have a bye either week five or six. So I think week he's five. supposed to miss five. Yep. Okay. Okay. So then I think he's supposed to miss five games, not six games. Which, you know, is not ideal, but it's a situation. I was thinking the same thing with Bradley Chubb yep. yesterday because, you know, Chubb had ankle surgery. It's so bad to see a great player out there and not look like himself. And last year, Michael Thomas did not look like himself, just like Chubb didn't look like himself last week. So he had surgery. He fixed it. Um, I'm sure he is, as he tends to be, extremely, extremely angry and motivated in a way that few players can get. Um so my guess is when you see Michael Thomas, you will see a very good version of him. And I will say this, yes. not being self-serving at all, mm. but is it possible he's on my fantasy bench waiting until he comes back? <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that, but it would help. Yes. <laughs> well, that's part of the reason why I asked. Um, and so uh, what about Brandon Ayuk? Uh, we had Jimmy G on the show yesterday, and he said uh, the competition is stiff at the receiver position. So yeah. he's kind of saying the same thing that the coach is saying, which should not surprise anybody that a quarterback is echoing what a coach is saying for whatever reason. But what is going on with one of the top rookies from last year coming back and then being a non-factor And yes, two wins for the team, but one catch, boom, that's it. What's going on there for him? One catch, 15 snaps in the opener, which is not a lot, obviously. Um, you know, I think Kyle said it kind of plainly, uh, and he sort of tends to do this, just say what he's thinking, but like, I think they need more consistency and it, you know, week one felt to me like a wake up call where just something wasn't right and they needed more from him and you hope he responds. I mean, these are, you know, these are human beings, right? So sometimes maybe they fall off or maybe they're not as consistent as they should be or you know, maybe just, I'm not saying this is specifically him, but maybe the effort isn't what, what you, you know, what you want. Um, it really feels like 
something better needs to happen for Brandon Ayuk for him to replicate what was, you know, what was the case last year because it's kind of going the wrong way. Um, and, I, you know, he's so talented right. and such a unique player that I'm sure he can turn it around. But, like, you know, there's no, there's no free passes. Uh, and I, it's pretty clear he's not getting one. So I think he needs to, you know, kind of pick it up a little bit. And Kyle Shanahan was pretty plain and saying so. A few more minutes left with Ian Rappaport, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, NFL Network, at Rapsheet on Twitter and also Instagram. Hey, um, when you're chit-chatting with everybody across the league, uh, what's the chatter about the taunting re-emphasis or emphasis right now and – why it's happening and how resolute those who are demanding it to happen from ownership and coaching staffs or coaching offices, how resolute are they moving forward with this that got fans are pissed. I'll tell you that. So, and players yeah. aren't happy. What are you I hearing mean, on this? It is weird though. Cause like I've seen a lot of the clips and I think there's, you know, people online are definitely mad about this uh, and people online tend to get mad about a lot of things. There are some of those penalties where, you know, the receiver gets right in someone's face and we see it, but we can't hear. And then the ref throws a flag and everybody loses their minds. But you're like, we don't know what he said. I don't know. I, I, I would say this. Like, it's really polarizing. So I've had some people come to me and be like, look, this is, this is bad. The league needs to change this. I don't sense any momentum to change. And I also, like, there are a surprising number of people to me that don't like taunting and would prefer that it not exist and are trying to get it out. Like, and I just know from like a, like a kid perspective, you know, watching one little kid taunt another kid in like a eight year old soccer game really pisses me off. No, I know. Um, I, I'm with you too. And, it's just, it's just the, the officiating of it. You're putting the officials in a position of deciding what is taunting and what is just excessive celebration that might be in the direction of another, you know, an opponent. Well, you know, and and then and then how and then how is it not taunting a team when you're cartwheeling in an end zone? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, but I, I think you really hit on the issue. There is we as people who are, you know, in the league and you know report on the league. We celebrate celebrations. Yeah, like there's I think there's a weekly award for celebrations, and I love celebrations. I think it's one of the best things the league has done in a long time. And then you're kind of like, well, isn't taunting sort of that? And, and you're right. Like, that's the only thing is trying to find that fine line. I don't think it's been perfect, but I would say it seems to be more in the category now of, like, something that is a big issue three or four weeks into the season. Then week eight, it won't be an issue anymore because everyone adapts. The officials learn, the players learn, and it should become kind of like, kind of like a thing. Or Tom Brady just got a tweet about it because that's what that's – what blew up the emphasis on holding a couple of years ago. I mean, that's literally what happened. The holding penalties that came out of preseason, like, don't worry, it's just the preseason. We're just trying to use the preseason yeah. for emphasis. And then the first two and a half, two, two weeks plus the Thursday night game was so bad, Brady tweeted about it, poof, it was gone, right? And now the, the emphasis on taunting, it was all these flags in the, the preseason. Don't worry about it. By the regular season, everyone will adjust. And, you know, I am all for, Ian, having removed from the game individual A does something terrific, stands over defender A and yet barks at said defender. Like, that we don't need. You just don't need it. Right. But when guys do something and they go face-to-face and they start jawing at each other, it's, it's, it's just, um, 
a spillover effect of a very violent game that that is highly much. emotional and people who play it at the highest level are some of the most emotional people and and you got to figure out where that line is and in the meantime it's just arbitrary it's it's like a taking targeting and you know and applying it to celebrating that you're targeting your your defender with your celebration and i feel like it's not working so far and i'm just wondering what you're hearing on that yeah and i and i just will i just have not sensed any I have not sensed any move to change. And I really think that the NFL believes that people will adjust and do much less taunting at other players and much less celebrating into the ether. And maybe after week four or week three or something, well, this is week three, maybe after week four, right. it will sort of adapt to itself. I just, I see, I'll say this, like I've been surprised, and I was reading Bill Belichick's comments on this because he seems to be someone who is a proponent of the anti-taunting uh, rule. Um, there are a surprising number of people who like the way it is, who who would prefer that taunting was out of the game. I, I just I've been surprised by that part of it. Saying say that again. You're, there are people who like Bella uh, again. That's what I'm hearing. That there are the 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 those in membership, ownership, and head coaches. You know, we had Frank Reich on the program, and he's just like, hey, I I want to crush everyone just like you know anyone else. Like I'm a competitive guy, but taunting yeah. should be out. And I tell my guys, right. you know, just celebrate in the other direction. And this was after his saying. guy I've got called for taunting. If, yeah, and I've been surprised how many people take that stance. I just didn't expect that. So that's been that's kind of the other side of it, you know. Ian, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. We'll chat again. Look for my call All as right, always. Look, look forward to it, Rich. Always great hanging out. Yeah, right back at you. And we'll see you on NFL Game Day morning on Sunday. I think a lot of the taunting stuff just comes with the inconsistency at which it's called that's what i'm saying it's like targeting it's like targeting where you're now applying targeting to the celebration Mm -hmm. rule that if you're targeting your celebration towards your opponent that's a taunt the problem is targeting as you know is so arbitrary and it drives you crazy because it should be something that is obvious and clear and codified in a rule book, but it isn't sometimes. And it's not called. And it's definitely, I mean, college is a hot mess when it comes to targeting. So now you're going to take that and apply it to celebrations. And it's becoming a little bit of a hot mess. I don't, I don't want taunting in the game. Do you? I don't no, think but anybody what, but does. What, what are we defining as taunting? Like getting in someone's face, yes, that's taunting. Right. But remember there there used to be a five yard face mask and a fifteen yeah. yard face mask, just like there's a five yard roughing mm-hmm. the kicker and a fifteen yard. Like there needs to be like a separation of and, and like a they should zoom it out. Like taunting is this, woofing is that. <laughs> right. Woofing is not a flag, right? But if you are getting up and yelling at somebody or getting in the face of somebody else, you know. But it seems like it's pretty obvious when someone is doing a a gesture or screaming literally at someone. But if you're just celebrating a first down or even like Lamar Jackson, if you're back flipping, I don't think that should have been taunting, by the way. I don't either. But but when you look at it and compare to the Bucks player who just backpedaled into the end zone on a pick six, that was flagged. So, by the same logic, 
Lamar should have been flagged. I just think it should be anybody who stands over somebody else that's 15. Right. I think that's obvious. The, right. Anybody who stands over somebody else gets 15. But if you're excited about an amazing play you what just about, made. What about flashing the deuces? But are you what doing it at someone, or are you just running well, by yourself it, into the end zone? Yeah, but even if you turn around and you flash deuces, I mean, the whole concept of, correct me if I'm wrong, gents, flashing <laughs> deuces is you're doing it at somebody, collectively or individually. The individual yeah. deuce flashing is is. But if you're Tyreek and you're so far ahead of everyone and you're just doing it, like that's cool. The problem with this is this is all subjective. Yeah, like we said yeah, yesterday. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like I'm listening. What you think and what you think and what I think right now are completely different. Like we said yesterday. Right. That's There's where you got to draw. I wouldn't even think the flag right. that clearly you would flag and right. you might not flag. And I'm way more lenient, I right. think. Right. So that's why we... we've got to draw a line. Standing yeah. over somebody That's like the you got to delineate it. Rich, you stand over somebody and you celebrate. You get the Chuck Bednarik. This is like That's the bat flip. Flag. This is like the bat flip. It's like okay, you do that. I get it, but it's like in soccer, hockey. Look what hockey players do after they score. Well, it's they, insane. Or soccer players, yeah. they go and yeah. they go crazy. But, but they're not doing players, it at someone. Hockey but they players, aren't. They're in the motion after they score. No, I, I, I that's not, why they're saying to everybody: when you get up and you make a great play, instead of standing over the guy, just start keep, mo- yeah, keep moving, move keep moving, and start yelling into the ether. Right. And I think that's fine. Like yeah. we said, emotional, physical game. There's a lot happening. Yeah, what, what's uh, high speed on, on opening night, and then we'll take a break. On opening night, I saw this. When Jalen Ramsey came up with a huge stop on, I think, one of the many fourth downs that the Bears went for, he broke up a play or something, right? And as he's coming off the field and he is hyped, he is hyped, he went hyped crazy in the direction of a bear for a split second. And you know who jumped out because he was already almost back to his sideline? McVay. Yeah, jumped out because you know he's so he's so hyper himself on that he's got like right, that yeah, get back guy get who's back like guy. built like a you know like a brick house right, 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 right. and so he he he's hyped but he jumped in to get Jalen's attention at which point Jalen I think saw his coach and then started directing everything at his teammates. Mm-hmm. But you saw, like, McVay's right on it. Don't want 15. Well, it's instinct. Like, your instinct is to get up and get excited. you don't know if ref, these guys are really fast doing it. And they do it early to set the tone. We're not going to have woofing today. It's you like know? in the NBA. Exactly. You get those tees out of the way early. All right, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Doc Rivers joining us. Our Gorilla Glue, toughest player on planet Earth of week number three of college football is coming up. And you've already seen him on your Twitter feed. Hey folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased 
in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Okay, I've got some claims to fame here that I need to check with you. Okay. It's not a technically our celebrity true or false, but although I do want to play start, bench, cut, a game that we play here on, on the Rich Eisen okay. show shortly within a second. Uh, true or false that you have intercepted Tom Brady at one point? I did a charity event for Best Buddies back in Boston. That's his charity, yeah. right? That he has his game. Yeah, he okay. plays quarterback for both teams. Very yes. last play of the game, my team's down. Yes. I see Tom. He's going to throw this cute kid who's, you know, been excited to get a ball thrown to him all day. So I see Tom's elbow line. Up, I go, this kid's not getting this ball. So I ran over and I jumped in front of this kid, pulled it down, ran it in for the game-winning touchdown. And uh, he signed the ball. I got it in my living room. Are you proud of I yourself? I picked six game? off Tom. I know, that's Brady. fine. I understand that. But you I made a kid cry you, <laughs> for that ball. <laughs> how, how old would you suggest this, this young child? He might like 12. You stepped in front <laughs> yes. and you high stepped uh, Tom Brady. Are you kidding me? That was my, that's the only way I was ever going to in- intercept Tom Brady. <laughs> so here's another one. Is it true that you were in the room when Tom Brady met Giselle? That is true. That was true. Where uh, was this? Dan 07 Cook? AFC playoff game uh, in San Diego, Pats Chargers and uh, San Diego Chargers at the time. Yes. And Giselle was sitting with us in the the box. So the Kraft family was like, oh, Giselle's here to, she's never seen Tom play. Uh, and she didn't really know football. She literally, during the game, was like, so why do they have to run with the ball this way? <laughs> I don't understand why both teams don't help each other. She was uh, had that very thick Brazilian accent. Yes. Um, and then we all were ushered down to the locker room. And when I saw them see each other and she kind of grabbed him by the arms and they're looking at they're almost the same height but she's looking at him because yeah. you know he's bigger than life and they were so it was well it was like they were so beautiful you know those moments in like a disney movie where the camera just spins around the yes. prince and princess and i felt bird. like i was just spinning around <laughs> and the birds start flying like <laughs> it, zippity was, doodah. it was unbelievable you were like oh that's a power cut i think i called my girlfriend right there and was like we're done where we have nothing <laughs> even close to what i'm experiencing here so let me again so you're there as with the Patriots in the owner's box, right? Right. Yeah. And Giselle just happened to be invited separately. Yeah. And they, and then you all go downstairs and you watch that's right. the the romance essentially happen. I I watched these that happen. You know when they you know goo goo, goo gaga eyes sure, like yeah, yeah. this is what they had. They had all the things that are a fiction that you were like oh man, okay. I just I just have to stand there. I felt like voyeuristic, just standing there watching them love each other live. In the locker room. In the locker room. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for our entire archive at Rich Eisen Show for all of our handles. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show with our radio affiliates and Sirius XM along with Peacock and Odyssey. And you can get 
our podcast version of this show every single day. Go and subscribe to that. We'd greatly appreciate it on the Cumulus Podcast Network. Same for Just Getting Started. Latest episode uh, dropped today, Voices of the NFL, talking about their career origins. Week one of Zal Michaels. Week two, Joe Buck. Today's Aaron Andrews telling some really good stories about how she got started in the business. Play some of the soundbite later on on the show for that. So please check it all out. Chris, I don't mean to stir things up. Uh-oh. Oh. This comes from the heart. But? It, it, well, I mean, it's no but. <laughs> it, 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 you tell me if this is an issue. Okay. Because when, you know, I don't know how the separation of church and state is in your house. Okay. Which is church for you, patriot fandom, mm. the state being Sarah Tiana despising <laughs> all things patriots, correct? Uh, her famous uh, one line is she'd rather root for Al-Qaeda than the patriots. Okay, so um, by the way, she's a fantastic comedian. She is. Um, Stand-up, writing, producing, all of that. Yep. I'm so, with her on that one. Um, Susie handed this to me the other day okay. because it's in the pile of, hey, giveaway Right. because our children are through with it. It is very beautiful baby oh. Patriots hat. Baby Patriots. Now, <laughs> take it. is this a provocative act from me and Susie? Ooh. I mean, how uh, will no. this be viewed in your house? Are, are you? Do you put this on your baby's head? Does yeah, of course, because everything that he currently has now is Braves, yes. Falcons, Correct. Georgia. and Georgia. Right. Because, and I say this with love, she is more than happy to waste her money on these products oh at this point in time. Word. <laughs> <laughs> He's told me this before. Yes. At this point in time. Yes. So that's the thing is like, my son is a baby Gronk. He's enormous. Yes. Like he, he looks three. He's one and a half. Yes. And so it's like. He's no longer being carded going into. No, yeah. Into, yeah. No, exactly. He literally okay. bought us booze the other day. <laughs> he is like. Baby he's, fencer. He's growing through things and clothes at a rapid pace. Yes. So I just think it's kind of foolish to like. Well, this is adjustable. Buy him yeah. a baby jersey when he's going to be grown out of it in a few months. No, but you have to enjoy the moments when you have them. I understand, Chris. and so I'm letting him enjoy his moments in his Braves hat. Or so whatever. what does that mean? When he grows older, you you will put a you you will put up some sort of a roadblock here. No, well, when, just when when my kids we'll let were him born, choose. I when, guess when I Xander know. was born, yeah. the amount of because you know Susie's from the Boston area, right. the number of Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots gear that came to the house. I, I mean, I couldn't keep track. I couldn't. I couldn't keep it all out. Right. So I made a decision that I could not, in any way, shape, or form, with Tom Brady as the quarterback, <laughs> the Michigan man of all time, right, right. and the Jets being the Jets, sit there and say, you know. Patriots gear is just something I can't handle because child services would come to remove the child from our, from my <laughs> custody. Sure. Um, but Celtic stuff with the Knicks and the Dolan wormhole. Yeah. And I, I just looked the other way, drew the line at Red Sox gear, <laughs> drew it at the Red Sox. And I get that because the Red Sox and Yankees are rivals. Of you course, know. the Braves and Sox aren't rivals. No, no, so if he wants to root for both teams, that's, so this that's hat, fine. that's you, great. We love you it. bringing this hat home. And putting it on your son's head is not viewed in any way, shape, or form as a provocative act. No, because the Falcons stink. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and wait a minute, Chris. Okay, that's good. Speaking and then Chris, did you just say it's okay if he roots for two teams? Is, is, oh, is that what you, yes. that's what you just said. Oh, well, yeah, well, DJ, hold on a second. 
He's got two people. We're two people. There's two people. Okay. Yes, and mom and dad. That's true. And yeah. he's not, and, he, and he, he's growing up here, but I think there what are he's teams. also saying is the difference between yeah, you the, and the, his son. Again, it's a difference. difference. Subjective again, and you can't have addendums to rules. If it's a rule, it's a rule. 18 months. If it's a rule, it's a rule. I have to jump are in. Are we allowed to say your age? No, you're I, almost 50. Well, I got to jump in. I have to jump in. You act like I just started rooting for these teams last week. Guys, I've got to jump in because we're against the hard out on our radio stations. So let me just put a button on this. The difference between you, TJ, and his son, I think Chris is saying, is that his son is not a weirdo. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, there's a lot of people that Just would say I'm not a weirdo, though, bro. But okay. <laughs> hour number one in the books. Hour number two, our Gorilla Glue guy and Doc Rivers coming up. <laughs> so okay, you're going. But he's going to have to oh. choose at one point. I mean, he's only he doesn't know the difference. Thank you, though. This is awesome. We want a picture on Twitter today. Later today, I don't think he needs to choose. Is my point. He can root Why for not? the the Red Sox and the Braves. Why not? He can grow up and he can say, "I'm rooting for the Red Sox and Braves." And you know what? He's not wrong. And I'll tell you though, he will be viewed as a weirdo by who? Everyone. Yeah, everyone. Everyone. And then, everyone. And then, and then, so one hundred percent of the people out there. My mom's a diehard. My heart. My 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 mom's a diehard Braves right. fan. My dad's a total mass hole. Right. And I, I can't stand him, but I'll still root for him. But you know, it, and the cats but Braves like it'll be it'll be like why? And then they'll have to tell the story. And you tell the story too. You tell a story. I'm from Altoona, so I root for Pitt Panthers and Penn State. But I love Dion, right? So I, I love did. Florida State. I just you loved Florida State, I right? Dion and he made me a Florida State. Correct. Fan. So you're exactly right. But after a while, it's like... In all honesty, I do not see why you guys keep trying to say that that's weird. I guarantee you there are more people like me that like more than one team than people who only like one team. Right now. What's what's weird is like... If you root for a college, but you didn't go to that college. That's so bizarre. Unless you're bizarre and you don't have a football team. I don't have a football team. I have to You only root for one. And I only root for one. Notre Dame. And I've done it since 1977. You have a family connection. But I have a family connection. I don't have Notre Dame. And I don't want to make this like just a running thing where we're always like dumping on TJ. But it's just like, I just think it's weird. That's the personal thing that I've. I realize you find a lot of stuff weird that most of us probably don't really have an issue with. So. (laughs) Like what? Oh my God. I'm going to start keeping notes on that. TJ, TJ, (laughs) here's a tactical mistake you made. I make that, no mistakes. No, is that you just you just brought it up to your is an excellent point that you made, but you did take Brockman off the griddle that he's going to be the Brandon Ayuk of his household when he comes home with his hat. <laughs> you know, like this is going to be. I'm concerned for you, Chris. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, but please use it well. Oh. It, all three of my I, children wore that yeah. hat. It's laundered. It's beautiful. It it's feels laundered. like straight. It feels like it's straight out of it's the like box. Used Tupperware. Yeah, it is. It's like Tupperware. Being well, Max Cohen's jerseys are sold out, so I can't yeah. get him one yet. <laughs> We'll, we'll get you one on the black market. So you'll have to keep yeah. wearing those Max Freed onesies until then. <laughs> wow.